In Ephesians, Paul tells us that we will in all things grow up. He's saying, hey, there's this process that God wants you to become mature believers because, and we're talking about spiritual maturity, but like I said, this is, this is a series about principles that work that help us mature. And principles are universal. You can get these principles and you can apply them to your family, to your marriage, to your work, to your school. So if you're listening for the principles, they're going to be transferable to all areas of life. But really our focus is to say, how can we grow up and become mature believers that follow God? Because our church is really, we, we had these five chairs. We said the first chair is empty. That represents the people in our community that have not come to our church or have not gone to church or are unchurched. Just they don't go to church. Man, the Grove is all about these people. We want to connect these people to God. Well, once they connect to God, they, they start this journey. We, we call it, it's a, it's, a, it's a new birth. It's a second birth. Um, it's called, we, we, the name we call it is being born again. It's kind of like you have this, this new start. Well, when they come to church, they encounter God or, or in groups, wherever they are, they encounter God. They take that that step into God, they become a new, a new creation, a new person. But they're like an infant, a baby. And that's the first chair, so, or the second chair. And so they go from no, not having any kind of relationship with God into this new relationship that's kind of just in its infant stages. Um, in fact, would you show those stages of growth? So from pre- prenatal to a baby, uh, and they go from being a baby into being a child. In the same way we develop at, in, in our physical bodies, right, we have this development in, in our spiritual relationship with God. And so our, our process is to get from you know, new life, becoming a child, learning these things, learning to trust, into adolescence, which we talked about last week. If you missed last week's message, go listen online or get a CD. It was great. We get stuck here most of the time, not just in, in the physical and in the emotional, but also in the spiritual. We don't make that step from adolescence to maturity, and we're talking about why we don't do that, and we're trying to help people say, hey, don't get stuck in adolescence. Move into maturity because maturity is awesome when you become a, a mature adult who is producing and helping others. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're talking about that, that last chair, that fifth chair, which is the goal. Because what happens in the fifth chair is now you begin to help these other people that are not in the chair become Christians and then become spiritual children and the spiritual adolescents and then mature adults themselves. And so this whole process. So having a Judy Mary here. They, they were the mature adults that spoke into my life, even as a young person, and said, hey, here's, there's a process. God wants to help you become something in this life so you can help others. Uh, that, was, that was one of the first covenants God made with Abraham, the first, the, one of the first, the first men that, uh, that stepped out in faith and began to follow uh, God. He says, I'm going to bless you, but just know when these blessings that come to you, they're not just for you, but they're for you to bless others. And hey, God's heart has always been that. Hey, I want to give you good things, but don't forget, as you enjoy these things, it's also for you to help others to enjoy this. So I want to help your marriages be strong. Why? So you can help other people that have struggling marriages be strong. I want to free you from addictions. Why? So that you can help others that have addictions to be free from those addictions and so forth, so on. And so we, we talked about that last week. Perseverance, this is the third, the third week. Today's the fourth week. We said perseverance is a refusal to give up. And that's really what it takes to become a mature adult is you can't give up. Even when it gets tough and difficult, you can't give up. And so today we're going to talk about maturity. And um, when we were going to start the church last year, this time we began to meet with, with um, about 30 adults, 30, 30 t- teenagers and adults. We began to meet and talk about what the Grove would look like and starting a new church and why. Uh, we talked about that tonight at, at Church 101. Uh, we'll talk about the, you know, the story more about why we did it. But in our groups, we talked about the different core values that we wanted to see take place. And there's this one word that we talked about. It's kind of unique. It's different. It's called altruistic. Um, this idea of a grove of trees, uh, this word, this is the definition for altruistic. Actually, I just took the definition from um, altruistic and, and applied it to maturity because it's an unselfish, unselfishly concerned for or devoted to the welfare of others as opposed to selfishness or egotistic. Okay? So altruistic is this idea that a parent, a mom, she puts aside her own needs, sleep, 
um, you know, to, to take care of a baby. My wife, we're experiencing this. My wife is a great uh, mother, and so Nova has a great mom. Well, can you imagine if sincerity was selfish? She says, yeah, Nova, you're going to have to just cry the whole night because I'm tired, right? That's not putting your needs aside to help somebody that can't. Rather, it is being selfish, saying, I just need this, I need this, I need this. Um, and so that's the, the idea of maturity is that we begin to say, all right, so I've got to this place, I'm growing up, and this is why God, wanted to grow up, God wants us to grow up in the, in the first place is so we can help others. And in this, there is so much joy. Can I tell you this joy in having a little girl that is going to be six months? It's awesome. She is, I think I said this about all my kids, but she is so beautiful. I look at her and I'm like, you are so beautiful, Nova. You're awesome. And she's like making noises. Like, You're so awesome. And I'm like, that is so great. Do it again. And it's just, it's great. And there's joy in being a mature person. There's joy that comes with it to watch your kids to mature and grow and to be able to give them a, a few steps ahead of you because they're standing on our shoulders saying, hey, we're going to work really hard so that you can have what we didn't have and you could go further than we ever thought we can go. That's what being a mature adult is, and we're going to talk about that. Um, so uh, go to that next one for me. So today we have uh, John Bull and Stacy, and their, their uh, ministry is in, in Ghana, Africa, and, and it's called City of Refuge Ministry. Uh, next one, we give you a picture, and I'm going to call them up. Uh, I met Stacy in Bernalillo one of the first years that we began to work down there. We worked together, and uh, she came from uh, uh, up north and came down and worked with us a little over a year, and, and it was great to build a relationship with her. And um, they, they went to Ghana. I'm going to let her tell the story. But they're just doing an amazing job in, 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 in West Africa, helping a lot of kids and people. Um, you can see their, their website, and they'll share. There's some, just some slides here. Um, it's amazing to see people who, are, who, 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 who show what it is to be mature. They're altruistic. They're saying, you know, in this life, we can, we can focus a lot of things on our life on a lot of things, making a lot of money, making, you know, getting a lot of fame, a lot of fortune, whatever. And, and, but rather, we're going we're gonna to do something that's going to help others um, to, be, to be able to have a better life. And they're doing this. And so, Stacy and Jumbo, would you please come forward? And uh, we're going to let them kind of share and ask them some questions and interact. Um, kind of just take us to this, this next step of what does it mean to grow up? Well, here's a picture. Here's what it is. And how can we partner with that? So, would you give them a hand today and welcome them? Up. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you guys. They've been watching all of our actions through Facebook. Isn't that, it's pretty cool. Across the world, they're like, we were talking last night eating dinner, and they're just saying some, some cool things that they're excited. A lot of uh, similar heart for people and uh, the grow, what we want to accomplish and do. They have a lot of what they're already doing and, and accomplishing. So, Stacey, would you tell us a little bit about um, City of Refuge? Sure. Um, City of Refuge Ministries um, was founded in 2006 by my husband and I. And um, really, it was birthed out of just a desire to be obedient to God and whatever it was that he was calling us to do. So in 2006, when City Refuge was founded, we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know what the call was yet. We just knew God was saying, go. And so out of obedience, we wrote out all the paperwork, filed it, became a nonprofit, and we did a, a trip to Ghana. And we went and we hung out with some orphans. We hung out with some uh, single moms who were having a hard time living on the street. Um, we went into some hospitals and gave out some stuff. All good stuff. But we still went home not knowing. What are we supposed to do? We have no idea. And besides love. You know, when, when we can love, but, you know, you sometimes you just want a little uh, boundaries around that, you know. And so we were really just seeking God. Like, we know we heard you say go. And... We're willing, but you really just got to show us what to do. And then within a week, 
um, we learned about the issue of child trafficking on Lake Volta, which is parents not able to take care of their kids. They have so many kids, or, or it's a single mom who just is hopeless, and somebody comes and approaches her, a fisherman comes and approaches her, or the family, and says, I will put them in school, but doesn't. Um, they will have a better life with me, but they don't. And so, and so um, the kids get to the lake, and they fish for 12, 14 hours a day. They eat one meal a day, and you, it's not healthy at all. The kids have stunted growth. They're sick. No one loves them. You know, they're just stunted in every area of life. And so we did our first, we, after we learned about the issue, we went back to Ghana, and we did our first rescue in 2007. And just going to the lake and seeing hundreds of children in these fishing boats, and some of them, you know, if they come back up and they don't have fish in the net, they get hit over the head with the paddle by the by the fishermen. Some kids are thrown overboard. They drown. They get caught up in the nets. You know, the scenarios go on and on. Um, but all of it is hopelessness. Mm-hmm. And so after doing our first rescue in 2007, we knew that we needed to come, come back to the States and raise money and and open a children's home so that we could rescue more kids and get them off the lake. And, you know, one thing I was talking to Eric last night about is knowing the seasons that you're in. And sometimes God will give you a vision or give you an idea or tell you to do something, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen right now. There is a process, and we have to be willing to walk through that process and not get frustrated, which sometimes is very difficult, right. and and learn to hear him in that and be obedient, even in the waiting. So we went back to, to the States, and for 10 months, we tried to raise $9,000. Like, come on, $9,000. What is that? That's like nothing. Uh, it's a lot, right? But but for what we were going to use it for to open this children's home, it felt like, it's good. Like, why isn't God just, like, opening up the doors and letting the money just come out? <laughs> and And – it was because we weren't ready. You know, he, we still had another 10 months worth of processing that we needed to go through. But as soon as we went through that and we learned those lessons that we needed to learn in those, in those months, God opened up that door. And since then, I mean, our budget is now that every month, you know. So, so God is just, he's good. He's really, really good. And, um, Talking about maturity, I think for me, just that number one thing is being obedient, being willing to just say, okay. That's good. Tell us a little about what you're doing now, currently doing. So you you've some some trafficking, you're saving kids from mm-hmm. trafficking. What else are you doing? Okay, so the Children's Village has really grown. Um, there's some pictures they can see. So yeah, when we first started, um, we just had children's home, a children's home. And we were very much, you know, like a baby. And we were babying our little children's home, and that was our primary focus. And then um, in 2009, we had 30 acres of land given to us. And so, well, it was 20, but it turned into 30. <laughs> so we kind of claimed stake to another 10 acres. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, we... So in 2009, you got the land. Yeah, in 2009, we got the land. And then um, we built, we started building the school, and one of our two of our homes, the home that we live in, and then this house over here with the kids on the wall. And at that time, so then our focus had gotten a little bit bigger, and we were focusing on the school, which we then had a hundred 
like 50 kids plus ours that came in from the community. Yeah. And so then the next year we added another, we were like at 150 kids. And so now we're at 250 kids in our school, which is wonderful. And um, people sponsor kids to come to our school for those families who aren't able to pay for, for education for their kids. And so if anyone's interested in sponsoring a child, you can see me. Um, (laughs) And so it's just a great way to reach out to the community. Because once you're helping to take care of their family financially, they're open more to hearing about other things that that we're able, that we'd like to help them with. (laughs) Yeah. And so um, then we also have our single moms ministry. Um, We don't have a picture up there. Um, The the products that you see on the table outside are made by our ladies um, that are with Seven Continents. And Seven Continents came out of um, just the need to empower single moms, the ones who are selling their kids to the fishermen. We need to give them a job so that they're empowered. We need to give them education so they're empowered so they don't have to sell their children, so that they know that they are fully able to take care of their kids and their family on their own. So we started a three-year program, and the first two years it's all um, learning, learning how to read, learning how to write, learning about math so that they can take care of their business. Um, creating business plans, and then um, learning how to sew. And so that's right now the that's the um, trade that we are providing to the women. Uh, we hope to expand that as the years go. And then year three is really more practical and really getting them strong in that business part of, of um, taking care of their family. And then after that, they graduate, and they'll be able to start their own business. Um, right now, the ladies, they live with us. We take care of them. They help. They chip in. Um, their kids go to school for free, which is wonderful. They're, but they're also sponsored. Um, and then let's see what else we have. Our Thrive Girls. Thrive is a new program. It just happened this year. And for years we've been praying that the churches in Ghana would be able to see outside of their doors, be able to see outside of their walls, be able to see the hungry and the widowed and the orphaned and the single mom and really have a desire to 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 impart into their lives and then it happened and not only did it happen but then God let us know that it happened so there was a church in Tema which is about 30 minutes from us and this church has been around for 20 30 years and finally their eyes were open to their community and they saw the little teenage girls who were living on the street, who were into drugs and prostitution. And so they came to us and said, what can you do to help us? And what can you do to help them? (laughs) So we said, bring them. (laughs) We'll do it. We'll create a program, and we will love them, and we will help them become whoever it is that God intends for them to be. And so in January, well, in February, they moved out to our place. They started, they were, like, coming back and forth for a few weeks. And now they live... um, near us, and some of the ladies from Seven Continents are actually their house moms, which is so awesome because it's very empowering for them as well. And, um, yeah, so these girls are getting an education, discipleship, um, lots of love. And we've just watched these girls turn a 180 in just a few months. Like, it's been so amazing. Um, We have one little girl. She's 14, and she just had her baby. So now we're growing even more. (laughs) Uh, but it, it's good. It's good. Um, what else do we have? Impact One. Impact One. Impact One is our 
Child Champion Program, so that's kind of where our sponsorships come out of, it is um, our outreach to the community. So any child who comes to our school, Impact One then goes into the family, and we don't want them to be dependent on us for education. We don't want them to be dependent on City of Refuge. We want to be a place of empowerment and a place where we can teach people how to be sustainable themselves. So um, even our sponsorships are based on two years. The families have two years to be able to, to grow their own, because everyone's an entrepreneur, to grow their own business. And so our Impact One guys are social workers and, and very business-minded, and so they go into each family and try to help them figure out how they can do business better and how they can build their families, um, have stronger families. We offer um, to them uh, different workshops and things. We just had a gentleman come in um, from Vegas, and he did um, business planning with them. And, and so that's, that's good. Um, we do crusades once a month in different communities okay. around us. Yeah. So I love that them. You notice they're not just giving handouts to people. They're, they're equipping, they're training, they're helping break the cycle of these things, cycle of poverty, cycle of sex trade, all the things that contribute to that. They're saying, hey, let's hit the, the cause, the root causes of these. Let's begin to bring a solution, which is so, so great, so important. And they're helping them mature. So this is what I want to know. I think you'll probably ch- pass the mic to, to Jumbo, is why. So it's good to know what they're doing, how they're doing things. But I always want to ask why. Why are, why are you guys doing this? Why does it matter? What what? What's the story? Um, I just wanted to thank you for this opportunity first, and uh, the first lady of the house. <laughs> thank you so much, all the, our brothers and sisters. You know, when we are in Christ, we all become same family. Amen. So I want to thank you guys for coming today to even uh, hear us. It's great. Thank you so yes. much. Um, what behind, well, you know, the thing that really um, make us do what we do is the love of Christ. Um, I was one of those kids before, but my parents never sold me into traffic. Um, I grew up without no parents. Um, I grew up on the streets for years and years. Um, I remember on the street asking, um, Lord, where am I from this family? Where am I from Africa? I can't forget that crying. Um, I wept. I said, I don't believe there's a God. If you are God, why, why am I from here? Um, but God was listening. You know, any cry will cry, God, here. If you are frustrated, just do it to God. God is, he can take anything. He's a big God. So, God take that hear it. And um, when I get born again, I, I know the Lord. Um, I was no educator, no education, nothing. I can't read, I can't do anything. And I asked the Lord, how can I read your word? How can I preach it? That is another story, you know, that we don't have chance to really go to. Um, I want to tell everyone here, you see this Bible, the Bible we all read, the word of God is a letter that is a, it's a spirit. It's so powerful. It's the only thing in the world. I'm a living testimony of the word of God. I was 23 years old when I went back to school, Bible school. Bible was the first book I read. And I told the Lord, if your word is true, 
I want to put it into practice. It was amazing what God did. Even till today. You know, I was afraid because in Africa, you know, marriage life is crazy. I never, I don't know any man that can look up to as a husband or as a man. But I said, I'm not going to get married. I just give myself to the Lord. And there's a family in Wyoming in England who was praying. And it has a vision of Jumbo in Africa. Of you. Of me, yes. Mm. And they came, they said, the Lord said, we should send you to school. And after your school, what is anything you want to do, we will take care of it. They sent me to Wyoming, Ghana. I was with an uh, anastasis on a ship, a ship before. Now it's no more. And that's where I met my, my angel, my beautiful wife here, who had been the second part of me. She has been something that you know, when you really wait on the law, when you really believe this word of God, it changed everything. It changed your thinking. It changed the people you associate with. It changed what you say. When you understand the true love of Christ, God himself who created the whole world, Make himself nothing, humble himself, come to this world he created, become a human being. In the book of John, the Bible said God was a, is a spirit. He said, He who worship him will worship him what? In spirit and what? In truth. But the same God came to this world for the love's sake. For the sake of love. Once you understand that, that changed everything. It doesn't matter how messy you are, the love of God never leaves you. You don't, don't run away from that. That's the time that you can't run to God, man. That's the time that I say when you are weak, I become just powerful in your weaknesses. For me, started this ministry, it's not what we read in the book. This is life. It's a life. We're passionate about this. When you come to Children Village, you will know what we're talking about here. I've seen, we rescued a child from the lake, little boy. He was hopeless. I did not pray for this kid. When I hold this kid for hours, weeping, my heart broken. Every shackle, every chain that bound him was broken immediately. God is for all of us. Everyone here today, this is the truth. This is the truth, the word of God. He never changed. So, City of Refuge, in reality, we have about 80 something kids there right now with us. And we fed. More than till, almost getting to 400 children every day. Because the children come to our school, we had to feed them. But how this money come? Pastor Eric, 
We don't know. We people come to us. We we can't explain it to them. You see, faith in God. It's not just about what we proclaim. When you, if you can hear God and immediate obedience, the result that will come out of that, <laughs> it will blow your mind. That's key. When you hear God, you understand what he's asking, you obey right away, something powerful happens. Since the time that the Lord spoke to me, say, son, in the realm of the spirit, there are vacancies. He said, since the creation, only a few of my people have paid a price to sit in that position. He said, son, I may use a prophet to change a nation or a pastor to do many miracles, but if everything they, they are doing on this earth, if it's not done by my love, he said, my kingdom does not recognize him. All everything that God has done through us. It's like wherever I go, I say, I'm sleeping, I'm dreaming, I don't want to wake up from this dream. That's what I feel. Yeah, God has done some great things through ministry. I mean, five years ago, these buildings weren't there. Five years ago, how many kids have weren't you know, were in the streets that are now getting school, getting education, doing something? That's cool. It is a miracle. It's a miracle. How God leads and, and just prepares us to do things. His story is amazing. So a couple from England, right? God says, hey, you need to sponsor this, this guy in Africa to school. And then you, you told me the first time they met you, when, how was that? It was seven years before they met me. I was speaking in Liverpool in a conference there. First time, me and my wife, we had to go back to their house in a, a something. And they could not believe it. One child, then they had. Because of their obedience. They send me where I met my angel too. Everything's like, you know, it's an amazing what God can do. Happy one. But that's why I was so blessed when we're praying this morning when the man said, look for that one person. That is a powerful thing. Every day, they are by your side. Sometimes we're so busy about our life. So get, get this, all right? A couple in, in England, they hear word, they're mature, they're hearing God, they're acting in obedience. They reach out to John Bull. They begin to help, help on this process to mature. Now, John Bull's over here in the mature seat saying, how can I help all of these kids who have, they're my story. And, and he told me the why. I'm like, that makes sense. You know what, you know what they feel like. You know what they're going through. You know what, it, what their questions are. And then they're bringing answers. They're bringing solutions. And all of this, God is leading them to do something amazing. So this is a picture of maturity. Uh, um, there's some on your website. Is there your stories? I think you have a blog, is that correct? Is, is, is your testimony, his, his testimony on there? Stuff we can some read? Some of them, yeah. Yeah. So if you go to the website, if you'd like to hear more just of what God is doing in their lives and, and going, doing it through them, uh, through their ministry, you can go. Give me the website. Cityofrefugeoutreach.org. Um, we can put it there. You can see up at the top. There's on the outside, out, out um, on the lobby, there's the table, a brochure there you can pick up. Um, if you like some of the stuff they made, you could purchase some of that. 
Um, but we just want to show this is, this, is, this is why we want you to mature. Because there's a kid, there's a girl, there's a teenager, there's a single mom, there is a widow, there's somebody out in our world that is saying, God, if you're God, why am I going through all this? And God is looking for somebody to say, hey, would you help that person? Would you be the one that would say, I'm going to put away my own thing for a moment and give in to somebody else and be able to help them? Why? Because you never know who you're going to be impacting. That, that couple in Liverpool, I bet they never would imagine the, the impact in the ministry that is coming from somebody they poured into. And how much joy, can you imagine how much joy they have today? Looking and saying, hey, that, that's, that's part of what God asked us to do. We were obedient. This is what happens when we're obedient to what God asks us to do. Let, let me read a, a passage, and in, in, um, this is the message translation in Romans. If you go to that next slide for me. Romans 15, Eugene Peterson's a pastor, which kind of translated into, into our language. He says, those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter. And not just do what is most convenient for us. Strength is for service, not status. Get that. God wants to bless, not just so you can show off, right? But he wants to bless so you can help others. Strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? What can I do? Do something. That's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't make, make it easy for himself by avoiding, peop, uh, avoiding people's troubles, but waded right in and helped out says, I took on the trouble. This is Jesus talking. They're quoting Jesus saying, I took on the trouble of, of the troubled in the way scripture puts it. Even if it was written in scripture long ago, you can be sure what is written for us. God wants the combination of his steady, constant calling and warm personal counsel in scripture to come to characterize us, keeping us alert for whatever he will do next. May our depend- dependable, steady, and warmly personal God develop maturity in you Maturity in you, so you will go along with each other as well as Jesus gets along with us. Then we'll be a choir, not our voices only, but the very lives singing in harmony in a stunning anthem to the God and Father of our Master, Jesus Christ. Isn't that cool? Imagine if every single person in this room would just respond and say, God, I can't maybe do a lot, but I can do this one thing. Man, I can't help millions, feed millions of kids, but I can help feed one kid. Man, I'll give up that Starbucks once a week to help feed a kid. In Haiti, Convoy of Hope, they can feed a kid for a whole month for like $9. That's, that's, not a very, that's not a lot. So we can't feed the millions in Haiti, but can you feed one? And that's, that's the idea is just do something for someone. Don't focus on everything but that one. What can you do? What can you do? See, maturity, it shows itself in the ability to tolerate the stress and the suffering that are often a part of the growth process. That's what the series is about, saying how can we become mature where we can say, I'm going to put aside my things so I can help others. Maturity, it's serving others. Maturity is serving others. It's saying, God, what do you want me to do? And then we act in obedience and we do it. And we have this impact in people's lives. It's incredible. It's amazing. And we get to celebrate it. Each week we try to give you a challenge. This week, this is my challenge. Would you look for an opportunity to serve somebody else? Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's City of Refuge. And I'm not saying you need to give today, but would you pray and say, God, if there's something there you want me to do, would, would you pray about that? At the end, we're going to receive an offering. And, and so, you, so you know, we've, we've, we've contributed to City of Refuge as a church. We've blessed them. One of the offerings that we took to give away, part of it went to their, their ministry. 
because I love what they're doing. They're partnering with uh, International Justice Mission now. They're rescuing some, some more kids out of trafficking and um, the slave being slaves. And we're, we're, we're saying, man, we want to we help them to accomplish what God wants them to accomplish. And we're gonna, we're, we'll partner with them more in the future. But if, if um, this, is, this is my heart today. Would you look for opportunities to serve others? And whenever we bring a need before you, this is my, my one request. Would you ask God what he wants you to do? And don't do anything out of emotion. Don't do anything out of compulsion. Don't do anything because you feel bad. But rather say, God, I'm going to respond what you want me to do. And then do it. Because when we do it that way, there's huge blessings that come with it. I promise. Because if he speaks and say, would you just give $5? Now, would you buy a product to help them? Would you pray for them this next week every single day? Your prayers can open up doors for them in greater ways than sometimes money can. But whatever it is God is saying, would you just say, God, what can I do? And then whatever he says, just respond and do it. Same for, the, for, same for the Grove. We don't do a lot of asking for money. We just say, hey, this is what's happening. You see the baptisms before. This is why we meet. This is why we celebrate. Here's an opportunity to give at the end of service. We don't make it a big deal. We're trying to make you give. You just respond. You say, God, what do you want me to do? And, we, and then we, we act in obedience. And when we all do that, amazing things take place. Amazing things happen. Buildings are built so kids can get educated. Kids can be off the streets. They can get fed. Right? A lot of churches around, around our nation contributed to help the Grove start. Why? They said, we want to we invest and pour into this. And they responded, and God, just, God is doing some amazing things that they're all a part of our story. And we're so grateful and thankful for them. So today, um, thank you guys. Would you give them a hand? Thank you guys so much. We love you. All right. Hey, actually stay here. Um, we're going to pray for you guys. All right. Um, at the end of service, you can go look at their booth, ask questions. They'll be out there. And um, um, if, if we're going to receive an offering at the end, just our normal offering. I'm not taking take a separate one. If God puts in your heart, here's a couple of things, ways you can respond. All right, you can give them personally from yourselves. That's fine. You could put it in the bucket at the end, and we'll just we'll, we'll give it in the offering that we're already going to be giving them. All right, um, and we'll add it to what we're already going to give them. Just so you know, we'll, whatever you give in there, just put a, put a note saying, "Hey, this is for City Refuge." Or give it directly to them. That's fine, too. Um, just, just bless them. But ask some questions. Get a brochure. Learn about them. Pray. Ask God what he wants you to do. If it's something that he wants you to partner with, do it. There's a lot of great organizations out there. Convoy of Hope, uh, Compassion International. Same thing. They're trying to break, get to the root of what's causing poverty in other, other places and begin to help solve it. So if God puts in your heart to, to partner with City of, uh, of Refuge, man, respond and do it. All right? Um, so do me a favor. Would you um, Let's pray for them today. Just... As, as I pray, would you just say a prayer with them also? Say, God, would you bless John Bull and Stacy? Uh, three of their, of their kids are here. They have some more back home in, in Africa, and they're, um, they're here in the kids' ministry. But uh, just let's, let's pray for them. Ask God just to give them favor, right? God, we, we're so grateful for, um, for the story, God, of, of what you've been accomplishing and doing through City of Refuge. We thank you for John Bull, for Stacy, God, for their heart, uh, to use their life to help others, God. We thank you for all those kids that are... Um, have a place to eat, a place to learn, a place to grow, a place to encounter the living God that has good plans for them. God, we thank you that you are breaking, Lord God, the cycle of poverty in their lives. God, that you're breaking uh, the cycle, God, of any kind of uh, destruction that has been placed in their families and their lives. God, that you are using, Lord God, uh, this couple, Lord God, using many people to partner with them to just do something amazing in Ghana. God, we pray for favor, Lord God, that you would continue to provide supernaturally, Lord God, that you would help them to be successful. I thank you for what it looks like to be mature 
and to, to see, Lord God, people walking in that faith, in that maturity to help others, God. We're so grateful for John Bull and Stacy, Lord God. We ask, Lord God, just that you would continue to bless their trip, Lord God, help them make the connections they need to make, God, to make an even greater impact, Lord God, for your kingdom. God, uh, be with all of them back there in Ghana, Lord God. Help them. Help me be successful, Lord God. Help them to have a, the plan and the strategy that you have for them to be a blessing, Lord God, to your kingdom and those around them. We thank you for them today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. God bless you. We love you. Would you give them a hand again? Yes, thank you, guys, for coming. All right, so this is the time of service where we receive the offering. And like I said, if you, uh, no pressure. If you're a guest, man, don't feel obligated to give it all. We, just, we want you to enjoy service. We want you to come and just know that you're welcome here, whether you give or not. That's not our standard for coming and being a part. Um, we're not just about asking. But what we do say is if this is your church, man, you like what's going on, partner with us in doing more. Man, if God speaks to you to help uh, John Bull and Stacy, man, respond. Just do whatever God's asking you to do. And uh, just... Just take that time. And I'm not even saying, don't even give now if you don't know. Pray and ask and say, God, what, what, what can I give? And if it's in the future, we'll make sure they get to them. Or you can give online. There's a place to give to them online. Um, that's, I'm just saying, don't, don't be pressured. I, I don't want to pressure. I don't want you to feel pressured at all. All right? Um, but if you are part of the Grove, man, this is time for offering. If you have that card that I talked about, you want to fill it out, the connection card, um, would you fill that out? And before we close, this is the last thing that I'll do, um, and then we'll receive the offering, is, is if you're here today... We always give an opportunity to start this journey. All right, we talked about the chairs. There's an empty chair. Maybe you haven't been to church for a long time or you've been away from church or you've never been to church at all. And you've come and you're saying, this is kind of cool, man. You guys like care for others. You care for the widow and the orphan, the poor. I like that. Well, it's God, God put it in our heart to say, we, he gave the best. He gave us the example. He gave us all. And we begin to follow him in that. And we believe that first step is saying, all right, no relationship with God. We're going to take that first step saying, God, I want to become your son or daughter. God, I want to become new in you. I want to have a new life. I want to have a fresh start, a new start. And maybe you're here today and you're listening to us talk and there's something about this that says, I, I want this. I mean, I want to begin to follow Christ in this. Would you do me a favor? Would you close your eyes and would you bow your head? And today, if you're here and you would like to respond today, something maybe God is speaking to you and saying, I'm, I'm calling you. Maybe you've been praying those prayers saying, God, where are you at? And today he's saying, I'm here. I'm alive and I'm well and I want to help you. And you want to start that relationship with him. That first start, step is just saying, God, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. So the Bible says that um, if we confess our sins, we confess our wrongdoing and ask God to forgive us, that he'll forgive us. And if we invite him to be in this relationship, he's there, he's open, waiting for us. In fact, it even says that he's knocking on the door of our life saying, would you let me in? Come, come hang out with you and come eat with you. Maybe today you sense that knocking and you want to take that step. 